listen, I use Anchor by Spotify to record my podcast because it's the easiest way to record your podcast. It's got everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can easily distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Like one click easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to Self-Help Witch, the podcast for spiritual self-healers who are ready to release self-doubt, shame, and external expectations. I'm your host, Dee Michelle, astrologer and self-awareness advocate. In each episode of Self-Help Witch, you'll learn how to cultivate a stronger relationship to yourself through spiritual practices. With each episode, you'll become more confident, clear, and connected to your truth. Let's do it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Self-Help Witch. I am Dee Michelle. I'm your host. I'm an astrologer. I'm a self-awareness advocate, and you're a bad bitch. Did you know that? Has anybody told you that today? I hope so, because <laughs> you are. And if not, let me be the first to say it. Before we dive into today's episode, I have a really exciting opportunity for anyone who'd like to get their birth chart looked at by me. I'm looking for questions from you to base future episodes on. I would love to do Q&A episodes about how to use your birth chart for your self-awareness work. So if you are currently going through um, your self-awareness work and you're wondering how to look at a specific element of your chart, how to better understand something you're working on through the eyes of your chart, I definitely want to talk to you. I'm also looking for suggestions, just generally speaking, about what you'd like to hear about on the show, as well as healing practitioners who've gone through their own self-help work and have stories of healing and recovery that they'd like to share, as well as the healing modalities that helped them. So if any of those apply to you, I've got a little form where you can submit your information. I will have a link in the show notes. Please reach out. I will get back to you. And look, if you've got a question about your chart and you don't necessarily want to be on the show, that's okay too. You still feel free to reach out via that form. I will get back to you either way. And I promise we will only do what you are comfortable with. But reach out with those questions and suggestions because that way I will be able to make sure that this show is super relevant, super helpful for you. Now on today's episode, we are answering the question, what's the point of astrology? This came up for me when I was comparing my birth chart to people in my family. My sister and I share this really interesting placement. My son's at 23 degrees Pisces and so is her Mars. My Mars is at one degree Gemini, and so is her sun. So my sun is where her Mars is, and her Mars is where my sun is. So when I shared this with her, she didn't really understand, like, what was so interesting about it. She's like, why does it help me to know that? What can I gain from knowing this? And at the time, I didn't have the answer because it felt too big to explain But the simple answer is having a language for our experiences 
is transformative. That is the alchemy of self-help, right? Because what we're doing when we go to therapy or do any kind of reflection is we're naming the things that we've experienced and that is healing. So really that's the point of astrology, but it goes deeper than that because there are different ways to approach astrology itself. And I think by talking about the journey of astrology, how it's evolved and changed over time, we can come to an understanding about how we can approach astrology for ourselves and also ways that we probably shouldn't approach astrology, that it's tempting to approach in some ways, but not helpful and not really the intended purpose. So with that, let's dive in. To start answering the question, what's the point of astrology? Let's go way, way back to about 27,000 BC when we have the first evidence of people practicing astrology. So we're in Babylon and we're practicing lunar astrology. Uh, They found inscriptions of the moon on rocks and things and probably a lot else, which I'm not going to go too, too deep in this episode because I want to stay on topic. And honestly, your girl can go deep and I don't want to bore you. So if you like stuff like this, let me know and I will go deeper on it. Anywho, the Babylonians are practicing astrology and we then get evidence of the Egyptians practicing astrology. There's astrology in India. That's where the Vedic tradition comes from. And then we get to the Hellenistic era. Astrology is booming. And what are people using astrology for at this time? Divination. Now, if you're unfamiliar, divination is the practice of divining or really just getting information from the divine. We today, of course, can also use astrology for divination. We can utilize the techniques of the ancient astrologers to get a sense of what's to come to ask the oracle. I mean, that's really what astrology was. If you remember like the oracle at Delphi from high school English reading the Greek classics, or if you just like this kind of shit because you're cool and maybe a little bit nerdy like me. Hi, you're here. So you're probably (laughs) probably in this boat with me. Um, That's really what approaching your chart is. It's asking the oracle a question and it was sacred. There was an element of sacredness (laughs) to it. So that's certainly available to us today, and that's a legitimate use. So we've established that the ancient astrologers practiced astrology for divination. And without, again, going too, too deep into the whole ass history of astrology, which, by the way, I would totally do in another episode if you guys want to hear about that. Um, But without doing that here, let's just say that Between the fall of the Roman Empire slash the rise of Christianity around the year 500-600 to mm, like late 1800s, astrology gets real jumbled in the West. Now in the East, Vedic tradition, it doesn't. It stays relatively untouched and unchanged, which is pretty cool. But in the West, because it was classified as pagan and therefore not okay to practice, right? Um, Dangerous. So the keepers of the knowledge had to flee and 
the information goes through several iterations where it's being translated into different languages. You also have the empirical movement, let's call it, where we're starting to, as we get closer and closer, you know, to the Renaissance and obviously in the Enlightenment, there's this emphasis on science. So between the fact that astrology was seen as this mystic, pagan, evil practice, and that it became viewed as unscientific, astrology falls into disrepute. Enter Carl Jung and depth psychology. This is where, combined with a revival in spirituality, occultism, magic, around this time, people get more interested in astrology. Carl Jung brought it back to the forefront. And one of his most famous quotes about astrology is that astrology is assured recognition from psychology without further restrictions, because astrology represents the summation of all the psychological knowledge of antiquity. So the planets, the points, the luminaries, they become representative of archetypes. And that's really where we start to see archetypes being associated with astrology. And this astrological revival brings about what I see as the most widely used approach to astrology today, which is astrology for self-awareness. And it's definitely, you know, the bulk of my approach is this kind of work where we're looking at the chart to better understand the self. The chart is like a cosmic mirror for us and not, as you might think, the actual blueprint of who you are. More on that later. I would also argue that you can practice astrology as a spiritual practice and as a mindfulness practice. To me, a spiritual and a mindful practice are one and the same because what both are doing is bringing you into the present moment, connecting you with the truth of your spirit, which sounds kind of weird, but just mean that you're with yourself, you're fully present enough to, to sense your spirit. And when you are sensing your spirit, which can only happen by being completely present, you are connected to the greater consciousness. That's what I believe. And I think that tracking transits when done mindfully, and I'll explain what that means, can be a spiritual practice. So to explain what I mean by mindful transit tracking, I want to say what unmindful transit tracking might look like. And I know because this has happened to me many, many times. When you are tracking transits, you're usually hearing about them on like a weekly basis or even daily. You might be checking in the morning what transits are affecting your chart at that moment. What can happen when you begin to do that on a regular basis? Depending on the energy that you approach it with, it can become very anxiety inducing. Even when there's good energy. So for example, there was um, a really nice transit coming through for me. I don't even remember what it was, but I just remember thinking, oh my God, this is a big deal. Uh, I've got to make the most of it. And then the day was like a normal day, but I had a lot of ease. So I could see the astrology working, but I was also like, 
the moment was almost ruined because I was waiting for something to happen. So that's not what mindful transit tracking is. We don't want that. If this becomes anxiety inducing, it's not doing its job. Its job is to help us stay present and allow what is. Mindful transit tracking by contrast, is reflecting on the transits. So it's a really simple switch. You just go from listening to the transit forecasts beforehand, like before they happen, to reflecting on them after. So if you were tracking transits daily, instead of looking at them in the morning and then thinking about them all day, you would check them at night when you do your nightly reflection. And you would then reflect on your day and think, How did Venus conjunct Jupiter show up for me today? And if you've got nothing, then yeah, that's okay. But in that way, you are one, deepening your relationship with the moment, with your actual life, right? You're engaging in a reflective practice, which is so wonderful for your emotional well-being and for your presence of mind, your ability to be in the present moment. This is not to say that you can't listen to the transit forecasts before they happen because, like, let's be real, we want to know what's coming. And for some of us, that is what helps us feel safe, so I say do that if it helps you. But I do know that taking in the transits every weekend on a Sunday really made me feel some type of way. (laughs) It made me stressed as fuck. And um, if that is true for you, I wanted to offer that little hack for mindful transit tracking. So to recap, the reasons that a person would practice astrology are for divination, aka getting the scoop about what's to come, self-awareness by investigating the birth chart and using that as a tool for self-excavation, and as a mindfulness slash spiritual practice where you reflect on the energy of the moment and how that's playing out in your life. And now we get to talk about the reasons that I do not think are good reasons to practice astrology, but probably people do. So I'm going to tell you a story. When I first discovered my birth chart, I was in desperate need of it because I was having a major identity crisis. It felt very like out of touch with what was important to me and That's why studying my birth chart was so appealing because I was looking for a way to find the language to explain, you know, what really mattered to me. And I was hoping that I could get that from my birth chart. Your birth chart can remind you of who you are, but it's not this Rubik's Cube that if you can crack the code, (laughs) you can crack the code on self-actualizing, you know? It's not, it doesn't work like that. And You know, I was like this for sure. When I first started studying my birth chart, I kind of almost had the approach that I was trying to hack my life. I just wanted to figure out everything I could figure out from my chart. And your chart does help you figure stuff out, but you have the power. So the mistake people make is they give their power away to the chart. And the fact is we still have free will. Astrology doesn't negate free will. What we see in a chart is the energetic context of a situation, and it can represent what does actually happen. I mean, it does frequently, but people get too wrapped up in their placements. And 
absolutely, I have done this. I have a debilitated Mercury um, conjunct my North Node, and I feel it, you know? <laughs> it's, it's very real. But it would be such a shame for me to, for example, not do this podcast because I have a debilitated Mercury, and that means I'm not going to be good at doing podcasting because it's speaking and communicating. The truth is we have free will. We can do whatever the fuck we want. The chart is not a fatalistic sentencing of what you're doomed to. It's like the whole environment. It's not just about you. And that's a huge relief <laughs> because it means that we have free will. I think that your placements, all of them, they're all exactly perfect for you. And they're exactly what you need. I don't know if I want to go as far as to say that there are no bad placements. There are no bad placements. There aren't. But that's not to say that there's not hard placements. We all have hard placements. However, no matter how hard they are, they are perfect for us. They are perfect for us. They're exactly what we need. And... That I've just found to be true, especially with my hard placements. I've learned so much um, from having a debilitated Mercury. That has taught me a lot, and it has definitely been hard. <laughs> the way it's shown up has not always been easy, but there's also just something about it that is uniquely me. And so I've come to appreciate it as much as it's been hard for me, and there have been a lot of gifts in that. So... Yes, we all have hard placements, but we are never limited by them because we get to decide what they need for us. Since I began my exploration, my foray <laughs> into astrology, I've met a lot of other people who study their birth charts and know a lot about astrology um, from the course that I'm in and from some groups I'm in. And what I've noticed is a common reaction to tracking transits, which is, it's really fucking overwhelming. <laughs> I was talking to a friend who was like, I used to get Chani's emails weekly, and they stressed me out. They stressed me out. <laughs> and I get that. As somebody who is prone to anxiety and anxious thinking, getting this information that's like kind of vague Honestly, like it is vague because we have to make sense of it, right? The astrologer can't tell us specifics. We have to make sense of it in order for it to be meaningful. But <laughs> I digress. So we get this vague-ish information about what could happen. And then we're like, all right, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And we're thinking about our to-do list for the week and where this might come up and where that might come up. And it's stressful. I feel like it definitely amplified my Sunday scaries when that was a part of my Sunday routine. It just was not a good way for me to start my week. So I now do reflective transit tracking. And I personally find it much more relaxing. And it makes tracking transits just more mindful for me and less anxiety inducing. And again, that's not to say that you should never track transits in advance. We all want to know <laughs> what's coming. And it's actually, it, 
it does make me feel safe sometimes to know what's coming, right? Again, as an anxious person, like having that information is soothing in a way, but it can go too far. When we get like too wrapped up in transit tracking, it can just become a little too much. It can get a little overwhelming. The amount of information we're trying to hold, the fact that we're looking around, waiting for something to happen, it can go as far as a self-induced nervous system response, I would argue, where we're in fight mode because we are constantly on the lookout for what's going to happen. How is the full moon going to affect me? And how is Mars trying Jupiter going to fuck up my job? Actually, that would be great for your job probably, <laughs> but the fact remains that you can definitely look too deeply. And when you do, it just becomes this weird sort of analysis paralysis that makes astrology more about fueling your anxiety than calming it. So yeah, that shit is anxiety inducing and that's not what this should be. This should bring us back to who we are, the present moment and what really matters to us. And anxiety is future thinking. So it can literally do the opposite of what it's meant to do when we try to look too deeply into the transits. I feel silly even saying it, but you should not subscribe to astrology to justify being a dick. And I am glad to say that I've never met someone who does this. Like, oh, well, I'm a Leo, so... I'm really loud. No offense, Leos. I do know some Leos who are loud, though. <laughs> Real talk. It's fine. It's who you are. <laughs> but you can't use your chart to excuse things that need to be looked at. And, you know, I'm talking about the shadow side of this way to approach your chart, but the light side is incredible. You can use your chart to gain awareness and perspective on things that have happened in the past. I like to call this rear view astrology. So rear view astrology, using our chart in the chart of the moment from the past to make sense of a big moment in our lives and get more context about it is so powerful because it takes the hardships that we went through and it helps us see from a different lens the energy. It helps us understand the context of the situation. Doing this kind of rear view astrology can really help transmute shame because it gives you perspective on yourself and what you were really going through in that moment, what the energetic atmosphere was during this time in your life. I found for me, a lot of the moments that I feel the most shame around, I can see in the chart and in the cosmic weather of that time, why that was happening, why I felt the way I felt. I was extremely indecisive and felt really confused in romance and my relationships for most of my 20s. And lo and behold, Uranus was in my seventh house for a lot of those years. I felt guilty about wanting to not be in a relationship and date people and it was so validating to know that that was the energy <laughs> so i mean that is just one small example but you can imagine like the healing effect that that has when you're just like wow i wasn't crazy this was the influence in the air this was the energy of that moment and i felt it 
Now doing this takes a lot of honesty because that kind of work can, if we're not being totally honest with ourselves, help us excuse the things we've done that have hurt other people. And look, ultimately, we have to forgive ourselves for the things we've done because we're all human and we're all going to fuck up. But we need to be able to look really honestly at ourselves to figure out why these things happened. And because it's hard to acknowledge where our shortcomings are, it can be tempting if we're not really prioritizing honesty with ourselves to not see or not acknowledge where we need to take ownership. It's really like a form of spiritual bypassing where you think because you've acknowledged through chart analysis something that's happened from your point of view and you've got an understanding of it that like it's done and over with. But if it involves somebody else and if it involves something you need to atone for, then thinking about it is not enough. Our internal work requires external action. And honestly, it's just kind of (laughs) shitty to know you did something wrong and to not apologize or not acknowledge it. And it kind of goes back to the idea that doing self-help witch kind of work is spiritual. And spirituality is ultimately about our connection with other people. It's not just about us. And that's where self-help work can fall into this narcissistic kind of shade of working on yourself. Let's not do that. (laughs) Let's use our self-help work to make the world a better place by using the insights we get from the chart to make things better, to right the wrongs as best we can, to forgive ourselves, and to just be the best people we can be. We also definitely shouldn't use the chart to excuse other people who are hurting us, right? Just because we have compatible charts doesn't mean that it's okay if they hurt us. We can't let the chart trump our instincts. And again, the chart can't tell us those specifics if someone's the one for us. You can have the most compatible chart in the world, but if they're unavailable for one reason or another, you shouldn't be with them, regardless of what the chart says. So to answer the question, the point of astrology to me is to know yourself on a spiritual level. Your birth chart is a very tangible tool that offers a portal to understanding your soul and your soul's desires and what your soul's here to learn and how you're here to grow. And I think that is such a key North Star for so many people because otherwise we find ourselves making choices from ground that's not solid. For example, we make choices based on what we think other people will think about it. And much of the time we do this unconsciously, we might be trying to impress people. We might be trying to live up to somebody's expectations that we haven't fully acknowledged. And therapy can definitely help with that. But at the end of the day, there's something deeper than what's going on in the mind. There's something spiritual that needs to be addressed. And astrology, specifically the practice of reflection that you can cultivate with your astrological practice, can help you start to understand what those spiritual soul level needs are. It's a way in 
to seeing yourself more clearly and living a life that you are truly excited about. Okay, well, that does it for this episode. I hope that you found it interesting and informative and helpful. Don't forget that survey in the show notes. Let me know if you've got a question about your birth chart, especially if it pertains to self-help topics and if you're a practitioner and you want to share your story. And if you made it this far, I hope you'll consider subscribing. I will talk to you next time. Have a great weekend. Bye.